Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, I'm Baratunde, and welcome to We're Having a Moment, a limited podcast series where I try to make sense of this defining moment around race and policing in the United States. This is episode two, No Right Way to Protest. You remember Colin Kaepernick, former NFL quarterback, Bowie Tall? now a global leader for activism and defense of Black lives? Back in 2016, Kaepernick was so upset about police violence and systemic racism, he opted to kneel during the national anthem at the suggestion of a Green Beret veteran friend who told him it would be the most respectful way of the military to make his point. Then came the attacks. He was dishonoring the flag, the nation, the military, and just about everything. President you-know-who, always ready to play the race and victim cards at the same time, got involved. He called NFL players profanities, shipped Vice President Mike Pence to an NFL game just so he could walk out in protest of how NFL players were protesting. It was ironic and stupid. Now, let's bring it back to the current moment. We've got the coronavirus going on. We're supposed to stay home wear masks, not kill our grandparents and neighbors, right? But some people didn't like that and decided to protest. On March 28th, during my regular live Instagram show, I addressed what seemed to me a possible double standard when it comes to protest in this country. Check it out. But I did uh, note a thought that I think I probably cannot let slide. And it has to do with uh, protests. And who shows up for what type of protest? And, 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 and let, me, let me break it down here. So you got police response to protest. And I think it's been interesting. And by interesting, I mean banal and predictable that when uh, the white people showed up to shut down the government in the middle of a pandemic with their guns and their fake military flags and their MAGA 
and their Aryan nation gear, all geared up and screaming and spitting in the faces of police officers, uh, the response was, how do, how do I put it? Oh, not a damn thing. Nothing happened to any of them. Nothing happened to any of them. Uh, in, in fact, I believe in the state of Michigan, what they did to respond to this form of civil disobedience was they shut down the government. Yeah, that's, I read that somewhere, everywhere. I read that everywhere. That they shut down the legislature rather than confront these armed thugs spitting, and I don't mean that in a metaphorical kind of sense, actually, literally, and I don't mean literally in the new meaning where literally means the opposite. I mean, for real, for real, spitting in the faces of law enforcement. And when faced with that spittle, those law enforcement officers stood down and the people who write their checks in the government closed the government. Okay. So now we have a different situation. There's a different type of protest. That protest was, uh, I guess, to reopen Planet Fitness, which I get. I like to get my reps in like anybody else. But there's other ways to literally exercise your freedom than that. And under the guise of liberty and right to life, those dudes shut down a whole government. Now, we have a situation, also in the Midwest, uh, a human being, a fellow American, has been murdered on videotape, George Floyd, by law enforcement. And a community is upset by that. And they take to the streets for freedom and right to life. And the response is just, uh, there's a subtle difference in how law enforcement and government responds this time around. I think what law enforcement did in this case is open up multiple cans of whoop-ass in the form of flash grenades, tear gas, rubber bullets to suppress this expression of freedom and this demand for right to life. Now, I don't want to make everything about race because that's petty and, you know, it's an old trick. So it's also true. But, you know, there is a difference in the types of people who were gathered in these two scenarios I just painted. And there is a difference in the response from the state in these cases. And I don't even want, like in a parallel Wakanda-rich universe, I want to imagine the world where, well, what, what the black people and their allies really need to do in the post-George Floyd situation is show up with more guns. Uh, maybe that's how it works. Maybe the problem is we're too docile. Maybe. Um, throwing rocks and breaking the cars on, on police vehicles is enough. Maybe we need to get up in their faces and spit coronavirus into their eyeballs. Is, is that what is required? Obviously not. Obviously not. But it, it, it exposes the severe deception and lie at the core of the supposed values that guide this sometimes nation. And it, uh, it upsets me. So that's one protest angle. The other protest angle I got is not about the police response to protest, but I'll put this in the category of missed opportunity. Because I, again, I have an active imagination. It never shut down with my childhood. And so I get to dream beautiful dreams of things that don't happen. 
uh, like I dream of the Amy Coopers of the world using the hyper-responsiveness of the armed state to their every whim and demand to improve the conditions in detention centers across the country or just get masks to doctors and nurses. Like, I just, I like to imagine a world where Amy Cooper used all of her acting skills and white female victimhood to insist that we provide certified N95s to our frontline healthcare workers. That I would definitely share that as a viral video. And I think that makes our Republic stronger, but that didn't happen in my head. It, it could. So in my hypothetical universe where things are a bit better and everybody just chugs vibranium, I see this world playing out. I see an alliance between, pardon me, the uh, proclaimed libertarians who so love their freedom and their guns and their cosplaying revolutionary garb. And they realize, hey, 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 you know, we talk a good game about all lives mattering. And we hate when the state overreaches and steps on the rights and liberties of Americans. And here we have this perfect opportunity in the light of the past couple of weeks of the Breonna Taylors and the Ahmaud Arbery's and the Christian Coopers and the George Floyds, we have an opportunity to stand in solidarity. We all are mad suspicious of government overreach. Let us link arms on that shared principle temporarily to link arms with our brothers and sisters who don't share all of our principles, but share our right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness in this moment. And the folks who clearly have it in them to leave their houses and shut down traffic and put on all kinds of beautiful costumery, like their own Puerto Rican Day Parade with less rhythm, they could in this moment join the cause of freedom because they realize it's freedom for all the lives that they said mattered. And I like that version. I like that America in my head. I like flexing my imagination to just see the unexpected bedfellowship of a freedom-loving AR-15 toting, scraggly-bearded, wanna-be Jack Ryan cosplaying white boy with his Don't Tread on Me t-shirt linked up with a Black Lives Matter t-shirt wearing I Can't Breathe tattooed sister who both are sick and tired of this government literally suppressing our lives and our freedom. That would be, I would retweet that. You know, like I would celebrate that. That could be in like an episode of the man who plays Jack Ryan, John Krasinski, some good news. That would be some good news. Do we live in that country? Do we live in that world? Is that possible? I don't know. It isn't here. What happened out there? We shall we shall see. Uh, yeah, it was really fun to imagine this coalition of the just, of, of the, you know, reopen the hair salon with an AR-15 and make the police stop murdering us um, with the Black Lives Matter kind of coming together. So I, I like flexing that imagination. Uh, to continue exploring what uh, this protest moment is about, I, I need to uh, first address some language. Uh, we've heard you know, the terms of rioting and looting to refer to some of the uh, activities, some of the violent activities of people showing up for this protest. 
And, you know, there are many historical quotes about what rioting really is, or the voice of the unheard, better term is uprising, um, the looting, you know, and property damage, which there seems to be such an obsession with versus damage to human lives. And, and I've been thinking about the, the looting thing for a minute because it's all about like who gets to wear the term, who gets to use the term as a weapon. I think back to the over $1 trillion tax cuts that happened just a few years ago in the United States that the Congress passed, that the president signed, uh, the benefits of which largely went to people who did not really need the economic relief. It was the, the very wealthiest among us, the, be- the most capitalized uh, of the corporate entities. Was that looting when you redistribute wealth from the low end to the upper end? Uh, when I think about the way the country was established in terms of the grabbing of people, the grabbing of land, the genocide of entire indigenous nations, the forced labor. Was that looting? I think, I think you might call that looting. But maybe when it achieves a certain scale, you just call it founding. You know? So who, who's the looter? Who's the looter? Um, and I think it's just a, um, it's a term worth pausing on as we reflect about our own feelings of what we're seeing on the screens and hearing through the news reports about the damage and who is allowed to be heard through the political process, which we're all encouraged to. We're encouraged to vote. We're encouraged to show up to the city's meetings and the council meetings. And yet so many barriers are erected in front of those votes. Voter suppression efforts, gerrymandering efforts, voter ID laws, the electoral college. Um, And so when you're told to operate through these legitimate means, which on the back end are being delegitimized for you, it should not come as a surprise when people express themselves in other ways. And then when those ways result in a lot more media attention, it sort of reinforces the point. Maybe you only look when the building's on fire. Maybe you only pay attention when there's some smoke. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. So I'm not advocating for the violence in the street, but I am trying to explain some of it. I also think it's been such a vast minority of the activity. Um, I say all that to, to set up that I have not been in the streets myself, and you should know that. Um, I've paid close attention, though, and I've talked to people who are on the streets, and I try to expand my understanding of what's been going on in this moment beyond what, say, the New York Times is telling me uh, and other mainstream media outlets. And in doing that, I've, I've learned from the show that I've been making through Instagram and through Zoom, uh, I've been bringing a lot of the audience on. And, and one of those people is a man named Gunnar Carlson, lives in North Minneapolis, and has popped on many times uh, during the show. I'm going to share with you some brief moments uh, from a show on May 31st, where Gunnar's talking about what it's like to go to the protests in Minneapolis, what he's seeing, who he's seeing. Let's take a listen. I was over at 38th in Chicago earlier today taking pictures and just taking it all in and um, a lot of parents with kids there. Mm. And that was, that was tough. Um, I also ran into Michael Brown Sr. there. Wow. Um, he said, I came up here to be a part of your movement. But, you know, um, everywhere I've gone in the past few days to document and photograph, I'm running into parents who've lost their children. Um, Eric Garner's mom and, uh, you know, Michael Brown's dad, it's just, it's ridiculous. But to the point of what Wesley was saying about, you know, we keep asking, we keep being told, okay, that's enough. Well, the governor was told today it's not enough. Uh, downtown right now is the largest rally that has happened. And I've been at some big ones. So, you know, there were 3000 yesterday or whatever. There's probably five down there today. I can damn near hear the names of those who've fallen ringing through the downtown streets. And I'm a few miles away in North Minneapolis. So 
we are not uh, we are not stopping. The idea of these protests as memorials is not anything I had seen through major media outlets in in the write-ups, in the podcasts, in the TV coverage, and just honoring the fallen um, and and hearing those names ring out through the streets, having the parents of victims of police violence there from states far away. You know, New York is not next to Minnesota, last time I checked. That's, um, that put a new lens on this issue. And speaking of lens, uh, Gunnar had alluded to t- taking photos. And so I wanted to understand from him why he uses the lens in that way. What was in it for him? Why did he feel compelled to photograph in the aftermath of some of these protests? Take a listen. You know, you can watch the media and watch the news and you're going to see all the destruction. You're going to see all this violence. You're going to see this stuff. Um, I am a black man behind, you know, a black lens is what I like to say. And so like the other day, the barbershop three blocks away from me was burning and the fire chief came down before they left and said to all the residents that were standing around watching them, you know, tear it down. It's gone. Said, I know none of you did this. No North Sider would do this to the shop. They know that wasn't us. But at the same time, me being there, they said, um, you know, you can come behind the line. Just be careful as you're coming around here. So I was able to get in there. I was able to talk to and walk through that shop with that shop owner and get some pictures of him taking in the damage and destruction. You know, I, I am not the best photographer. I'm not even a professional photographer, but I am someone who is trusted to tell the story the way it needs to be told. I walked through those crowds and I took pictures of mothers consoling each other and parents holding their children tight. I'm not trying to take pictures of people breaking windows and burning, but I don't give a shit. You can see that somewhere else. Somebody's got to show this side too. So that's why I go out and take pictures. Gunner was the first person I spoke with directly who'd been to a protest. And I know enough that you don't ever trust just the media coverage of a large protest. I know that because I've been around, (laughs) because I've been around and I've been black and I've seen this play out before. And I myself have not joined the protest here in Los Angeles where I live, but I found another way to participate from, for me, a safer distance while still feeling connected and authentically grounded to the experience. And that's through Instagram Live. And a particular account whose live coverage uh, did, did more than supplement the mainstream media story. story. It, it kind of substituted for it. That's Kendrick Sampson. Uh, you may know Kendrick better under his HBO Insecure uh, recurring character name of Nathan or uh, in the role he played uh, in the recently released film Miss Juneteenth. I first met Kendrick uh, about a year ago, 2019. I had just moved to LA and he was at a gathering for his own organization, recently found a group called Build Power, whose goal is to use the arts to fight against white supremacy and for justice and liberation. It's B-L-D-P-W-R, Build Power, no vowels, I assume, because vowels take up time, and we don't have time when we're fighting for justice and freedom. So strip the vowels, let's get a move on to the justice. It's a long way of saying Kendrick's been down for a while. He's been on the ground uh, for at least five years working with Black Lives Matter. 
in LA working with others in this movement. So he's not just some uninformed actor mouthing off. He's a very informed activist and actor doing the work as well as mouthing off. It's part of the work. So let's take a listen to uh, Kendrick Sampson. I'm Kendrick Sampson. I'm an actor, um, storyteller, creative. I uh, co-founded an organization called Build Power. I'm an activist, uh, yeah, liberator, abolitionist. <laughs> abolitionist, all right. So yeah. why are you taking to the streets? I-, I see you out there a lot. It seems like you're dressed for protests, right? You got freedom of motion. Um, why are you in the streets and what are you protesting for or against yourself? Um, well, a lot of people, <laughs> even within the movement, uh, laugh at how I, how I dress because I always have my, my sides out. <laughs> um, and I always say, you know, that's part of the liberation struggle. I'm trying to liberate my body, you know. <laughs> um, you know, protesting is, I, I usually you know, tell people, especially when they come out to our protest in big numbers and such, you know, we've seen big numbers before. Um, Yes, it feels different this time. But at the same time, we know that movements have big moments and small moments, right? Um, They have a full life. You know, there's times when people are, it's like a roller coaster, you know, there's times when everybody's like super excited and everything. And then there's the lull, right? Yeah. And, and, and the lulls are the most important time for people to be involved. And the work happens when nobody's looking, not in the streets, right? And sometimes the media is not looking in the streets when we do have thousands of people out there. Uh, but it's not as interesting or they don't want to draw attention to something or they're, they're more interested in people, you know, breaking shit down and, and burning shit up. And at a certain point, that's necessary. Um, Patrice Colors from BLM and Rashad from Color Change was talking about how a lot of people, because of, you know, the media, because of the media and Hollywood stories, they think that protests are like tweet out a time. Everybody's mad tweet out a place, everybody shows up and it's crazy and, you know, things happen. And they don't know that it takes weeks, not not even weeks, years of infrastructure building from a lot of these organizations of like, who can move people in the community? Who uh, do, who are the community leaders? Who do people trust? Who have the right intentions? Um, What medics are available to make sure that if anything happens, that people are okay if uh, people get hurt during protests or people pass out from heat exhaustion, like the, what are these things? Who's going to hand out water Who, with these protests that the protest is like the almost like the PR moment. Right. It's like we've been meeting with folks behind closed doors. We've been pressuring elected officials. We've been doing research, conducting surveys, building up phone lists and email lists and trying to assess Um, accurately assessing what the community actually needs and where the money is going instead of where the community actually needs it to go and who controls those budgets. That is all work that takes a very long time and it's work that has to happen every day. And so when we finally get fed up enough because other tactics have not worked and people are not listening to us, that's when we take out to the streets, right? Mm -hmm. 
And and even that is a long process of making sure that you have legal observers, making sure that you have medics, making sure that you have the proper targets, like that you're strategically protesting instead of just being out on the street. And where will people see you? Where can do you actually need to disrupt? Where are people not paying attention um, that need to pay attention? That is all very strategic and takes a lot of work and organizing and strategy building and such. And and a lot of people don't want to do that work. Um, and and that's what the work that I'm most interested in, right, is getting people involved when it's not sensational, when it's not the moment. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because a lot of the time, the reason we don't actualize change, uh, the real change that we need is because when it's not in the news, when it's not sensational, when it's not sexy, you know, so to speak, nobody wants to actually do that work. And and they fall off and they get caught up in capitalism and trying to, you know, achieve this and bad definitions of success and get caught up in survival and uh, and then fall off the actual work that can change um, the struggles that we have every day. Um, so that we don't have to be caught up in survival, so that we don't have problematic versions of success uh, or perspectives in success, um, that we actually can have that world that we are dreaming of, that we imagine um, where we are free of police terror, where our children do have quality education in every single school and nurses and uh, 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 counselors and mental health care infrastructure and, um, you know, substance abuse rehabilitation facilities and unarmed first responders. All that stuff is actually achievable. It's 100 percent achievable if we kept up the pressure and the work every day. Um, And and I want to get people more involved in that. So that's one reason I've been out there with Black Lives Matter Los Angeles since 2015. And so it's not really that like all of a sudden I'm like out in the streets like, man, this is important. We've been out in the streets. People just ain't been paying attention. (laughs) Yeah. One piece of the that I want to get into is it seems that police are paying attention more and they're showing up and have a role in these protests that we've seen on the screens, very intense, very provocative, sometimes very violent. What is your assessment, perspective on how police have responded to this recent wave of protests? So I personally have been a part of several protests, several marches all over the country, Standing Rock, Baltimore, Houston, Los Angeles, all over the country, right? And I've seen different police responses. In Los Angeles alone, I can't count how many demonstrations I've been a part of, and I've seen different police responses. Police choose how they want to respond, not because of how the crowd is acting, but because of the message that they want to send, right? So if we get out there in droves for the Women's March, right, and people get permits and like, there's just different different strategies uh, and PR strategies that they have. Um, for this most recent version, uh, police feel the pressure of sustained protest all over the country. And it's not singled out to Ferguson, not singled out to Standing Rock, not singled out to Baltimore, where all the eyes are on that one place, right? 
they're realizing that people are taking on the whole institution because the whole institution is problematic. And it started with a huge drop in crime, right? For, so for, for years, police budgets have gone up and crime has gone down nationwide. And right now with COVID, with everybody stuck in their houses, afraid to die because of a health crisis and an economic crisis, Crime has plummeted, yet a lot of cities, are their budgets are up for vote right now. And they're seeing a big increase, hundreds of millions of dollars, in all these different cities. And people are questioning what the hell is going on. At the same time, people are, were finally able a few weeks ago to get outside of their house, right? It's warming up a little bit, like, let's get outside. Um, and they're experiencing and processing their trauma out in public, right? And and being brutalized, Black people, they saw the disproportionate impact not only of COVID, but of police brutality, um, where police officers were handing out masks to white folks, right? That didn't have theirs on, but like brutalizing Black folks, but also profiling Black folks for wearing masks. You know, and so we're like, damned if we do, damned if we don't. And then you had the videos come out of Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Well, not a video, but the, the stories and videos come out of these consistent, constant deaths um, and uh, and murders by police. And so people are like, wait a minute. So. Again, damned if we do, damned if we don't, we got to take to the streets if we're going to be dying anyway, right? And so it happens all over the country and they feel an attack on policing, right? Which is so funny. Y'all know them people that when they do something wrong, they start attacking you. Like you did something wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you do this to me? And you're like, wait a minute, you just stole my shit. Like, like... (laughs) It's the it's the I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever you say bounces off of me and sticks back to you technique. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's the twisted version of that. It's like you're you feel attacked as a military force, right? That's been trauma in our community since its foundation of slave catching and slave controls, right? You have not ever represented as a system, haven't ever represented accountability, peace, healing or anything less than trauma in our communities and brutality. And all of a sudden you feel attacked. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. 
Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. And so they wanted to, they had a coordinated campaign, one, to distance themselves from George Floyd, Mm -hmm. and then two, to scare people back into their houses, to say, that's not going to happen here. You know, they're more worried about property, right, than people. They're more worried about um, uh, order, you know, law and order, um, no matter how problematic or oppressive that is, um, actually usually with the intention to oppress and uh, suppress rebellion and instead of addressing the root causes of the issues um, that uh, are people that are, are protesting. So, so that is what you saw in Los Angeles when everybody got out into the streets and came to our demonstrations and these beautiful demonstrations that the news don't really want to cover, right? You know, pouring libations and honoring our ancestors and ma- making sure that the families of 609 now, or actually more because they've killed a few more people in the past few days in Los Angeles County. Uh, latest one was Andres, with the 18-year-old boy um, in Gardena by the sheriffs. and shot him in his back as he was running away. And so you have over 600, well over 600 folks killed by police in Los Angeles County in the past seven years. And some of these families come forward and they get their catharsis and their fighting and, and demands and, um, and words and we heal together and we express our rage together and end with Asada Shakur always and hear from the kids, hear from different organizations, ask people to plug in, thousands of people out there, right? And then the police are like, all right, we know what this is about, and we know where this can go. This can actually make real change happen. So we're going to scare these fools back into their house. So they show up, they brutalize us for hours, hours, like 
shoot us with rubber bullets, beat us with batons, tear gas, all that kind of shit, right? And when police are ready to make mass arrests and they know this, these protests and demonstrations have been widely publicized and there are certain websites that say exactly what's going on, right? Police pay attention to those websites, where the demonstrations are every day. All the, so they know, they knew, obviously, because they set up right where we were going to protect Beverly Hills. Um, and so, you know, if they know ahead of time, they have buses ready for mass arrests. They have zip ties. They have basically uh, processing uh, capability in, in the field, right? So you can, you know, right on site, yeah. you can process somebody, give them a citation, let them go. Oh, so it's like, like at the Apple store, but for oppression. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They have these this capability. They've had it for a long time because of lawsuits that came up against them from brutalizing people before. Uh, they have certain strategies like, you know, making sure that if they are shooting a rubber bullet, they have to shoot it at the ground first and ricochet it up, which is still fucked up and should not happen. But these are their policies, right? But instead, they were shooting people directly in the head, in the chest, in the face, in the legs, shot me seven times, shot a buddy of mine in the head, Dion, who had two uh, bones fractured in his skull, beat my buddy with batons to where he, I mean, my, my assistant, to where his shin split open. You can see his bone. They were beating women for, I mean, like, it, it was pure chaos out there for three hours. No bus, no arrests, cornering us in, but telling us to leave. And so it is a clear tactic to send a message that you need to go back inside and we ain't playing that shit here. And on top of that, they had all this bad press of like people are protesting police brutality and being brutalized by police. So you've actually proven who you are. Um, and now your facade is gone and you have not only, you know, shown who you are, but aided the movement to defund police. That was very helpful, Kendrick. Thank you. Um, there's, there's another piece of this. If you could talk briefly about who's showing up in support of these protests, from my vantage point, it looks like larger numbers than I'm used to seeing. And it looks like a wider color palette than I'm used to seeing. Are you seeing the same thing? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely, I mean, you know, my, my first big protest in L.A. Uh, was with Black Lives Matter 2015. And it was super, super diverse, right? And, and so I'm not going to say we haven't seen this before, but um, I think way more people are willing to be involved for sure. Um, and, and, and on a massive scale um, and consistently as well. I mean, also a lot of people are unemployed right now. So they're like, I ain't got nothing else to do, but make sure that this shit changes. Um because uh, keep in mind, it's not that's not an excuse that people are out in the streets. They could be unemployed and at home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, there's, there's plenty to do on Netflix and Hulu. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And also COVID is real. Mm -hmm. And people want to be with their friends and family. And, and especially right now, uh, community is is we've been banned from community, per, you know, in person community building. Um, and so they can do a lot of other things. But. People are choosing to get out of their house for this particular reason and risk COVID. 
Um, and so, yeah, I'm seeing a wide array of people and simultaneously all over the country. That's the big difference um, is all over the country. It's happening at the same time in um, concert and also uh, for the same reason. Um, and, and that is uh, a special thing uh, and being sustained day to day. So yeah, it's, it is, it is, it's definitely different. Yeah. It's definitely different. Yeah. How do you um, think about the COVIDness of it all? You, you've mentioned already, we were locked in our houses. We were denied community, maybe paychecks. We also were told to physically stay away from each other, to maybe not be very loud and spewing respiratory droplets. And then you have you know, thousands of people converging outdoors but also hundreds of them being put on buses and processed at jails. Um, what is, what's your take on pandemic protests? The most succinct way that I can explain it is damned if we do, damned if we don't, right? It's, it's interesting because people are like, hey, don't get out of the streets, don't, be, don't gather in large numbers. But people are forgetting like right before this happened, states were opening up states were like all right black people are affected by covid disproportionately okay fine let's open this shit up it's gonna be them to die anyway you know they they showed very clearly who they were willing to sacrifice and i'm talking about all states not just republican ones okay um and so uh, actually, what Black Lives Matter Los Angeles was doing was virtual protests. Um, and we decided people were dying too much anyway. And, you know, even if we observe, it's, it's kind of the whole, like, the same concept of, you know, Black folks thinking that if we get the proper education, we get... The proper diction, we sound as white, sound white, we look white, um, you know, if we lighten our skin, if we do whatever we can possibly do to be approved by whiteness, right, and be in close proximity to whiteness, um, get degrees, all that kind of stuff, um, which is uh, another way of saying close proximity to power, right, because, you know, white supremacy. But we see that no matter how powerful you are, no matter how uh, white, uh, white passing or white, well, I should say white passing, white accepting <laughs> you seem to be um, or accepted by whiteness, you seem to be um, and conforming, even if you are Republican and in office and, you know, you still face racism, you still um, are subjected to oppression, even as the president of the United States, right? Um, so there's not ever a point where you grow out of it um, or you white out of it. Uh, it just doesn't happen. And so in the same way, we were thinking we're following all the rules. We're doing as best as we can to not catch COVID. We're still die dying disproportionately. You know, we tell people to bring their masks and social distance and let's get out there. And that's what we did every time. We're like, I mean, we can't control what people do, but 
were like, let's get out there, social distance and protest. Because what we don't want to do is have all of this disproportionate death because of this health uh, pandemic that is caused by the disproportionate part of it is caused by injustice. We don't want to obey all the rules and then come out of this crisis with a bunch of us dead because of the disproportionate impact and then still have even more die because of injustice when we have a chance right now to change things and to make sure that we don't go back to the world that we knew before COVID because we have been in crisis for 400 years. There hasn't ever been a point where black people were not in crisis in this country. Um, And we have a chance in this crisis, compounded crisis to make sure that we change the status of our crisis that we come out of this crisis once and for all. Um, And if we have a chance to do that, we're going to risk it all to do that. I want to thank Kendrick for taking us inside these protests, the strategy that created them, the response by police who invaded them in certain cases, and the conundrum Black Americans have faced, as he called it, damned if we do, damned if we don't. These protests do feel different to me, some in the sense of diversity and size, but more, to Kendrick's point, they're sustained and they're ubiquitous. They're happening in many places at the same time. People are taking a risk at these protests during a pandemic, but it's a risk taken to preserve life, liberty, and happiness. In the next episode, I'm going to talk more about this movement to defund the police that's gained ground thanks to these protests. We're Having a Moment is a production of iHeartRadio Podcast. Executive produced by Miles Gray, Nick Stumpf, and Baratunde Thurston. Produced by Joelle Smith and Elizabeth Stewart. Edited by Justin Smith. You can find my email newsletter and a lot more at baratunde.com. If you do social things, I'm on Instagram, at baratunde. And if you like texts, well, send me one. That's right, you can text me, 202-894-8844. Just put the text WHAM in the message. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.